Hello, Jason Rice, Lot Party Tip. Uh, put out there, this is, I think, the fourth one I've done. Just checking my, uh, about just, hey, anybody want to throw out some questions? I'll throw out some answers. Not saying that they're right or not, but uh, having fun on this used car marketing group. I tend to post these here first, and then maybe I'll share them later online or YouTube channel and stuff like that. But uh, I threw out the question, and one that I, you know, it sticks out is John Anderson, who actually, helps us with the dealers. And so he's hearing this from multiple dealers that we deal with is, um, he says, there still seems to be a lot of confusion of what uh, to do about stocking. If you need to buy from the sale and cost to market on the high side, a lot of hesitation. I've been hearing that a lot too. Um, what's going on, Lewis, Nick, Andrew, uh, Cody, afternoon, Jeremy. Yeah, so the, um, I hear a lot of hesitation. I was on a call, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but I was on a call with um, a dealer, and they're like, man, you know, these these guys from Carbon and CarMax, and everybody's just standing at the lane with their hands up buying everything. I can't buy anything uh, for what they want to be buying them for. And so I asked them, you know, so what's your choice? I mean, do you just don't buy anything at all? And we've said this a lot, and I understand this isn't my money. This is your guys' money. But... Um, you know, you, you still got to buy stuff. And, and, and I, again, I understand the limitations at the land. I understand all those things, but, um, you know, these Carbonas, these auto nations, these CarMaxes, they're not going anywhere. They're going to, there's not going to be a window of time that they're probably not at the market driving up these costs because they have multiple locations that if they're buying in Texas, they might not have a place in Texas. They're shipping it off to, you know, another market here in Kansas City or wherever. So they can pay up at that local lane, wherever you're located, even though they might not be present there, they can be buying up at that local lane, driving those cars to other locations. So one, just because what you pay at the lane doesn't defend or justify what's going on in the retail market, two different worlds, okay? And realize the lane is a national buying center. It's a national market and almost global. Um, East Coast, West Coast, you can get global bidders on cars getting shipped them out. So the auction is a national market and sometimes global, but your retail is local market, regional at best. Um, um, not regional, I would say that the wholesale market is national, if not global market. Retail is local regional at best and i say regional at best there might be some cars people drive four or five hours to get their hands on that are rare and maybe even come from multiple states away but that's a rarity so at best bet it's local so what's going on at your local lane doesn't mean it's going on in your local market because these guys are out there bidding so you know i told him i said these guys aren't going away and so you got one or two things you either got to step up and still buy these cars but realize it's a, a depreciating asset that you pay too much for. Get off it quick and then try to do that as many times as possible because that's about the way to survive, you know, uh, because if not, because this dealer wanted to hold out on a lot of these cars. They're about 20, you know, 15 to 20 days old. They took a while to get them transported and serviced and turn around because they got jammed up because they had to overbuy because they had a good, you know, weekend or month. So they overbought going to the lane, trying to replace it, didn't want to pay too much, end up paying too much because they needed cars, put them in there, took too much time to turn them around and get them serviced and get them online. So then they're wanting to hold out at 15 and 21 days because, man, I, got, I can't even go to the lane and replace it for what I got it in. And these guys are driving up the values and everything else. Well, you can't 
compensate your pricing strategy to overcome, to override your, your turnaround time problems. Okay, you can't, that's just dealing with the symptoms, not the problem. You gotta, you gotta still stick to your, your program, get the car moving, you know, and fix the turnaround problem. But they're real hesitant, and so they're bleeding through. So I'm like, what are you gonna do? Sit on your hands and wait, and you can. Price it up high, hope that somebody is not smart enough or realize that they're paying maybe too much or that there's cheaper opportunities out there or opportunities out there, or you can grab a customer and put them on that car. You can do that. Um, or, you know, try to move that, sell it and do it again. And, and right now they're building up this, this bleed through and they're going to have an aging problem. And so you got to be at the lane. You got to be able to be buying. You don't have to be at the lane if you can get trades and other things, but if you got to be at the lane, <laughs> You know, you got to be buying these cars, even if you, you just can't go back home empty handed. You got to have inventory. You got to make these sales. You, and if anything, you got to look at not just your front. And obviously, again, this is your money, not mine. It's easy for me to say this, but you got to not just look at that front end deal. And maybe you only can make a hundred or two because you stepped up and had to buy some cars, but only you can make a hundred or two in a front. But if you're capturing a good percentage of your recon money, right? And you buy a late model um, because again, maybe that's easy, a little bit easier to, to buy that late model, but that late model, the benefit of it is minimal turnaround time because recon's probably not too much, but you also get a decent trade, meaning maybe 11 or 12. And a later model's higher dollars tends to lead to finance. So you look at these opportunities that, you know, buy those cars, get what you can, price it to sell in 20, 30 days, okay? Get off of it quick get the few bucks that you can off the front, make the bucks in the back on the service, try to grab a trade, try to grab F&I, do it again. And if anything, worst case scenario, you got a satisfied customer, get a review. Drives other traffic, that, that good review drives other traffic that might lead to a trade that might lead to F&I and, and so forth. So it, you, you can't just use that as an excuse that, well, these guys are driving up the wholesale values, I can't buy anything because they're not going away. So you got to solve that problem. And again, you can either go home empty handed, you can buy what's there at what you have to, get off of it quick, get as much out of it as you can everywhere else in the dealership, try to do that as many times as possible. Or again, like I said at the beginning, just sit on your hands and do nothing and then hopes that you get some trades. So um, that's one. And then two, I got, I think, and now this is franchise dealer, not independence. Um, there's two areas that you really should be focusing on to help, over, help overcome this. One's a short-term, one's a long-term scenario. The short-term being CPO. I think certified pre-owned is a huge uh, alternative because uh, it, it is a huge driver for profitability of the whole store. One, obviously, you're going to be recounting that car a little bit better. There's recon profit. Uh, CPO has, you know, interest special rates and so forth in a special program. If you can get your team to understand it and sell it, um, it's a big benefit. It's a lead-in car and a switch car. Lead-in car meaning customer buys CPO, likes it, and maybe leads into buying a new one a newer version of that car, leads into new new car sale down the road, or it's a good switch car if somebody's on new car but it's a little too high in payment, you can switch them to a CPO, certified pre-owned. Not only that, after they buy the car, where are they gonna service it? If it's a Ford certified car, they gotta go bring it back to the Ford certified dealer. So hopefully, again, you're getting that local business coming back to your store for that overall long-term profit, but CPO can be pretty quick. You can you can start doing CPO program uh, today. Uh, the next uh, long-term goal would be leasing. 
Now, I know it's trickier in some markets than not, but I think also it's the education of the salespeople and how to sell leasing than it is, you know, my clientele is my people just don't lease. Well, we're not educating your people. We kind of give up on them. But I'm a big proponent, I, I strong love leasing. And think about it. If you can, if you can lease 20, 30, 40, 50% of your sales this month, um, if you can lease those cars, you know, three, four years down the road, whatever term those leases are, two to four years, you're going to get that first shot of getting that car. You know, you're going to get the first shot of getting that car, out of the customer out of the car early, getting the first shot at getting that car before OEM and takes it to the auction and everything. You get sometimes in some manufacturers, but you get that first shot. Um, so three years down the road, if you got, again, CPO, late model, something you can do right now. Being later model, you probably get the trades, the 10s, 11s, and 12 trade-ins on these CPOs that you don't, that you can't get at the lane. So CPO could help drive that, okay? And um, again, a good switch car, good lead car. Um, and, and so you, hopefully you're buying, getting some trades on a good CPO program because they're later model. You get the F&I more times than not because of the special programs or because of the dollar amount. A lot of people aren't writing checks for later model cars. Then you start leasing three years down the road. I mean, you've got an abundance of inventory uh, naturally coming to you um, that you don't have currently now. So the two, there's your short term and long term, and that would help minimize your dependency on these lanes. Also working your service lane and, and, and bidding cars as they're coming in for service, all that too, trying to buy from private sellers, all that too. But Hopefully this helps answer some of that. Uh, if you need any other tips, youtube.com, subscribe, man. I throw all these videos up there. They go to podcasts so you can listen to them if you work out or in your podcast. Uh, if you want a free inventory evaluation, you know, we go through your inventory management tool, your V auto, uh, first look, whatever you're on inventory plus we can dig through there, give you some things that stand out, show you some picture photo things that might be standing out and what you can work on, but also kind of see if there's ways to help. Jay Rice, a lot 844 lot pop four. Thanks.